A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Or today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. I'm Peter Dowd of the Irish uh, joining us. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and everybody's enjoying the fine weather, and garden centres are to reopen next Monday. Happy days. Happy days is right. <laughs> I just hope that, uh, hope that everything stays safe and that it, 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 uh, it continues and we don't, we don't, it doesn't lead to. Um, we're all nervous, aren't we? Yeah. So we, we just hope that everything, when the garden centres do reopen, that everything continues safely. Yeah, and there'll have to be, I mean, we're all used to the social distancing now in the supermarkets. The same thing is going to have to happen in the garden centres. It is, I think. And I think from my understanding, I suppose every garden centre, you know, I mean, in fairness to the government, I think they've done quite a good job. They can't legislate for every single instance. So I think uh, individual garden centres are going to have to come up with their own individual situations. Like, I think I know some of them are only going to allow one person in the till area at a time and things like this. So it will be a bit different to what we've been used to. But, like, everything is different at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The one thing about garden centres that I find when I visit a garden centre, you can while away a couple of hours without even realising it. I think we're going to have to change our minds on that. You need to go into the garden centre, know what you need to get and buy and just and get out there and, and leave for the next person. You do, and you need to, you need to, we, we I'm not, I shouldn't say he, but we all need to, to you're, you're exactly right, Trish, because we need to pay attention, like the days that, you know, we can't be picking up plants and touching them and feeling them and putting them back, because, you know, this is how illness, illness spreads, as we know, so we, we kind of have to keep our hands in our pocket and, and go and get what we need and, and move on, as you say, yeah, I don't think that means that you're going to have to be as, instant as you are in the supermarket I, I do think you're going to be able to be able to chat and talk and all the rest of it to, to whoever's there uh, and get advice but just be careful about picking up things and putting them back down obviously Yeah, yeah Okay, let's get straight into questions A number of people are on about having a problem with green fly uh, including uh, Sheila uh, What's How do you get rid of green fly? Yeah, I've had a lot of inquiries myself during the week on, on social media with the same. A lot of aphids and green flies coming in now, and that's, it's the time of the year for it. So you have a couple of options. The first thing I would urge everybody is not to reach for the, the chemical insecticide. Do not uh, immediately, as soon as the garden centers are open again, they'll go out and get some, some nasty pesticide and spray it. Because whilst they may kill the green fly, and they may not, depending on what you're getting, but they will certainly have a detrimental effect on bees and, and other pollinators that we want in the garden, we need in the garden. So don't reach for the insecticide first thing. Preventative, and I've often spoken about it, Trish, with you, prevent the green fly attacking by using a, a garlic wash. Now, a quick Google search online will, will, will give you ingredients and recipes for garlic wash. Basically what you're doing 
is you're pulping a few cloves of garlic, uh, a litre or two of hot water or boiling water on top, leave it outside, leave it, leave it sit for, for a day or so, uh, and then dilute that garlic concentrate with water, depending on how much you've used, as I say, a Google search will tell you the rate, uh, and spray it onto your plants. And what that does is it, it makes plants completely unpalatable to, to aphids and to caterpillars and to other pests while obviously not harming or doing any harm at all in the garden. And that's probably the best way, because if, if you can work with the natural balance in the garden, so in other words, if you can avoid killing anything, well, then now you see you've, you've now left the green fly there, which is a, a food source for the predators, like the, the, the bees, or not the bees, the ladybirds and things like that. Which so you need gonna, in the garden. Exactly. So you, the, the natural balance will start to control itself, and you'll you'll be left with no unnatural build-up of, of any one species if we use less and less chemicals. Okay. So using garlic as a preventative is a great way to go. Uh, with, with many of them, I had a question yesterday about lupins. So unfortunately, lu- the lupin ace with the lupin greenfly is something that ladybirds won't see best course of action there. And this may apply to, to the collar as well, if it's on a rose or something like that. Just go with the secretaries and prune off the worst infected shoots. And that takes the majority of the, the greenfly with it. So garlic wash is a preventative, hose it with, the, with the, a, just a, quite a strong hose, so that will physically get them off or, or prune them off. And then after that, if none of that is working, there are organic insecticides available containing pyrethrum. Uh, they're still not 100% safe for the bees, so I'm slow to use them, but they, they are much, much better than the chemical ones. Okay, I'm going to put two questions together because they may be related. Margaret says, question for Peter, please. I have two small dahlias and three marigolds in a window box doing fine until yesterday. I noticed in the afternoon that they were all gone black overnight. It must have been the frost from the night before. Are they completely gone? I've put them into the garage. I hope they will recover. Uh, that's from Margaret. And then somebody else says, hi, this is Eileen. Why are the leaves and buds after turning black on my hydrangea? It always flowers beautifully. Would that be frost related as well? I'll deal with the hydrangea first. I would say very most likely. Now, I have, we didn't have a frost where I am over the last couple of we, days. We, I, certainly in North Cork we did. I was de-icing my car. Okay, wow, okay. And I knew, I know it was forecast, so, and it has been gorgeous, clear days. So I'm not surprised. So yes, I would say with both questions, yes, frost is the answer. Now, the hydrangea, you have nothing to worry about. It'll grow through it. Excuse me, Trish. It'll grow through it and it'll come on again. Fine. With the, the dahlias and the marigolds in the window box, it's impossible to say, I'm afraid, without seeing it, whether or not they'll come back. I imagine they will, but without seeing it, I can't say for certain. When you're dealing, but it, it's a kind of apt question at this time of the year because the old saying, never cast a clout till May is out, which was to do with, you know, don't put on the summer clothes until May is finished because she can always have a sting in her tail. And, well, and Saturday into Sunday, 22 degrees and then down to 12 the next day, 10 degrees of a difference. And that this can do damage to plants, and if it goes in from from twelve to zero overnight, that that'll do untold damage. So you do need to be careful at this time of year when you're moving hanging basket and window box plants outside. Uh, do it carefully and do it gradually. So if you're getting them in a garden centre, you'd expect that they've been hardened off. If you're getting them in a supermarket or, or indoor area, or if you've grown them yourself indoors, you do have to be very careful. Move them out for a few hours each day, gradually getting longer each day for about five or six days until they're acclimatised. Even with that, if, if it's going to zero, you'd have to be careful. Um, whether or not they're going to come back, I don't know, I'm afraid, without seeing it. I wouldn't leave them in the garage completely now, move them out again for a few hours each day, introduce them to the sunlight five or six hours each day, getting longer. And if the nights aren't going to be frosty, you could you could 
then leave them out again. Okay, could Peter recommend what is the best all-round plant food? And could he recommend a creeping perennial plant slash flowers for a rockery? The the best plant food, I would say, the general purpose you have two, the liquid one, the nature-safe liquid one, which is an Irish one, I'm glad to say, it's made up in Galway. Uh, it's it's a liquid using seaweed, cold-pressed seaweed from, from, from Galway, from the Connemara coast. And it's an excellent one, nature-safe Atlantic seaweed food, it's called. And it really, really is, as a general plant tonic, probably the best you can get. And they also do a granular one, nature-safe granular. And, of course, both of them are totally organic. Uh, and they're also vegan, vegan-friendly because there's no animal byproducts in them. That would be the best plant food to have in, in the locker, as I say, as a kind of general go-to one. Uh, and a creeping, a creeping plant, a creeping perennial, you know, for alpine, alpine plants is what you're looking at there, in, in terms of the creeping for a rockery, there's loads of room to choose from, and I do I do adore the alpines because they're such great colour at this time of year. Look for things like maybe saxifraga. One of my own favourites is the campanula, that purple one that you, you'd even see it growing in cracks in walls, and I just love it. Aubrecia is another one. Uh, Serastium, or it's also called snow in summer. There really are dozens to choose from, Trish, but they're great value plants. Okay, Mary, who signs herself from the Wild West. Uh, wallflowers are absolutely stunning this year. How far back can I cut them after flowering? Well, with wallflowers, perennial wallflowers in particular, can be, can be a difficult one to answer because when is after flowering? They flower for nearly 12 months of the year. So my advice would be to, to you know, regularly trim them back. So you can cut them back quite hard and it, I would encourage you to cut them back quite hard because otherwise they'll just get very leggy and very woody and then you have to throw them out after a year or two. So after flowering, whenever that is, cut them back as hard as you can but making sure that you're leaving foliage beneath where you cut. So in other words, if you cut all the leaves off and you're just left with stems, it will probably die. So cut off the dead flower stems, cut off a good bit of the foliage but make sure you're leaving some foliage behind on the plant. Alan says, hi, uh, Peter, whether it was the frost or not that we had this week, could it have killed off my potatoes? The leaves have wilted on most of the plants. Could they make a comeback or should I just dig them up and start again? No, I'd say they will make a comeback, I would imagine. I provided he, I would hope that he has been earthing them up, which means that just the tip of the foliage will have been exposed to the frost. So in that case, I'd be very surprised if they didn't. Uh, like, well, if you were de-icing the car, then it was cold enough, OK, but no, I'd expect they'd be fine. I, w- I certainly wouldn't lift them and start again yet. It's, it's too early to be anything like blight, but it is frost damage, I would say. Uh, I, I, I would just cross my fingers and, and, and wait and see. I'd say they'll come again. OK, and Eileen in Clonakilty must be green with envy with Mary from the Wild West talking about her gorgeous wallflowers because Eileen says, my wallflowers are like twigs with flowers on top, little or no leaves. What should I do about them? This is the way they've been for the second year. You see, this, this is why in fact that the pruning the regular pruning is so important because they get leggy and woody like that with just a few flowers on top if you don't so all I can say to Eileen is give them a feed in fact give them a feed with the nature safe liquid the seaweed one that I was talking about that will drive them on trim them back I'm being very careful to say trim them um, you're only going to be able to take an inch or two off and what you're doing by doing that is encouraging some some greenery down lower in the plant to come on to regenerate 
but I'll be honest with you, if they've got to that stage, I'd nearly, I'd nearly encourage you just, just get some fresh ones, get some new ones. Yeah. Uh, Anne in Bantry says, Peter, could you recommend a good, strong rhubarb? I have some in my garden. It's looking well at the moment. Green leaves and all of that. It gets farmyard manure, seaweed, and I'm looking after them well. But the sticks are very thin, almost as thin as my finger. Which would you recommend, could you recommend for big sticks of rhubarb? Could it be that I purchased a poor quality plant? It could be, but it's, it's, it could be, certainly. The, the two that I would grow, one is Tim Purdy Early, which is a lovely one, and the other is Champagne, which is a kind of nice red one. They're two nice ones. They do plump up quite well for me. But again, it's to do with the soil. And if you can get a seaweed mulch onto the soil, particularly over the winter, it's just actually seaweed from, from, from the beach, um, and put that on it. They are quite hungry feeders. Seaweed is something that they do like. So again, if that's not possible, use that nature-safe seaweed that I was talking about, this liquid seaweed. Um, and that should plump them up. Give them. It's all more. It's more about the soil, I would say, and the feeding and what you're giving them than it is about the variety. It could be indeed that you've got a weak plant, but if you did, hopefully, giving them the right conditions of the soil now will plump them up. Uh, mulch them with seaweed, even a bit of farmyard manure in the winter. Just improve that soil, improve the structure of the soil, improve the nutrient, uh, uh, the, the nutrient availability in the soil, and that will lead to better, better, stronger stems. Okay, and Jim in Glanmire wrote a letter to the programme uh, with a question for Peter. He's got six apple trees in a small garden. Now, you're not going to be happy with this. He wants to know, can you use Gallup or Roundup to control control briars and scutch grass? Uh, He said, if I sprayed it very carefully following the instructions, um, would it harm the trees or the apple growth? Well, I was delighted, first of all, to hear that the Glanmire man, because I'm from Glanmire. I know, but then to hear that he wants to spray Roundup. Uh, yeah, but so, so at least there's good literacy rates left in Glanmire. But uh, in terms of using Roundup or, or Gallup, no, I wouldn't encourage using them at all, uh, and particularly not near fruit trees. The, the jury's out whether or not it would be taken in by the root system and, and into the fruit, but I certainly wouldn't be risking it, I'm afraid. OK, Miriam Bandon, could you ask Peter, please? We set winter onions and there is over half of them starters. Is the soil short of something? What can I do? I've sat spring onions and I'm afraid the same is going to happen to them. I don't know what you're talking about. They said they sold winter onions and half of them what? Half of them starters. Whatever that means. I don't know. No. I, wonder, I presume he means bolted, maybe. Maybe I it's bolted, yeah. Maybe it's uh, bolted. In which case it would mean that the soil is too dry. They would bolt set seed when the soil is too dry. Very early for that to happen. Um, so I don't know if that, if that is what it is. And in other words, if they've set seed and they've, got, they've gone to, they've bolted, then just, again, try mulching them and try increasing the soil so more moisture retention them. Um, I would say... I, I just don't know if that's what it means because it is very she early can, in the season for that to happen. She can get back, Mary. It's Mary and She can back on to us next week because I have to leave it there. Have a great week. And, and you, uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Enjoy the garden. Take Cheers. care. Bye bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, the IrishGardener.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.